Next on BYU Sports Nation, your starting BYU quarterback at Utah State is... Wait, who is it? Will Steve Young's take influence your opinion? Tanner Mangum knows a little something about playing quarterback at BYU and the mentality of coming in in a pinch. He'll join us. Plus, Yoli Childs receiving some lofty national publicity. Straight up, is he the best player in the West Coast Conference? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, your host. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Friday. The party's here on the West-ish side. Welcome. Presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, October 25th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. Alongside preseason collegiate baseball expert Jason Shepard, I am Spencer Linton. I am wearing my, uh, my BYU baseball hoodie, uh, and that, that is on purpose, by the way. BYU baseball, a little preseason action, a little fall ball against the University of Utah today. Uh, very excited. Very excited to go over it. So I'm, I'm so excited. You're going to laugh at me. You're going to think I'm crazy. Uh, I'm actually taking one of my children out of school early so that he can come to the game with me. To watch preseason collegiate <laughs> baseball. Yeah. Look, of all my four kids, I have one that is the, like, the ultimate sports fan. It's my eight-year-old son, Bo. He loves it. He will watch games. He's the one that will do play-by-play during, like, a basketball game or a volleyball game. He'll do play-by-play. So, like, he wants to go, so I'm going to take him out, like, a half an hour early. It's not, like, significant. But, yeah, I'm going to take him out of school, and we're going to go see BYU play Utah baseball today. Now, is he more excited about getting out of school early to do this, or are you more excited about pulling him out of school to do this? No, I still think anybody that gets pulled out of school is still more excited. Uh, But it brings up great memories of my mom, Christine. Shout out to Christine, who would allow me to stay home or get out of school early at times to watch March Madness basketball games. So, like, were you allotted, like, you get certain days where it's okay? I don't know that I was allotted. I think that she just understood how much it meant to me and how exciting it was. And so it wasn't every year, but if I was like, uh, can I watch college basketball with you on this random Thursday in March <laughs> and skip out on all of my school classes? I don't know if she exactly allowed it or if she was just like, fine. Look, okay. I think let's, let's just cut to the chase. The reason is your mom did not want to hear you whine and complain and constantly ask if you could stay home. I was the perfect child, Jason. Mm. I never did that. <laughs> I'm going to need you to tweet in and confirm that, mother. <laughs> Yes, yes, and a shout-out to all of the moms. Yes, yes. Yes. We love you. We love you every day. So you have that story. I I have the story where my friend and I each called in as each other's dads to school to check us out. Oh, wow. And unfortunately... uh, Some Ferris Bueller action. Yeah, unfortunately, the Kearns High School called my mother... Because they didn't buy it. And we got in trouble when we pulled into the driveway and my mom was there. So, Kearns High School, hey, you know what? They cracked down on the attendance, you know? Yeah, so I'm going to need you to release Sloane Stevens or whatever her name is. <laughs> oh, good times. I told you, it's a Friday. It's already weird. Here's today's show lineup. Normalize this thing. Former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum will join us. Who would he start against Utah State? Does it jive with what Steve Young told us yesterday? We're going to talk about all that. The number eight goal scorer all-time at BYU and rising, Elise Flake of currently fourth-ranked BYU women's soccer in studio, plus deep blue with Kyrus Tonga of BYU football. His incredible journey 
to Provo. Bring on the Friday BYU Sports Nation headlines. CBS Sports ranks BYU basketball senior Yoli Childs at number 18 in their top 101 college basketball players for the upcoming season. Quote, Childs needlessly had the first nine games of his senior season taken away from him by the NCAA due to a paperwork bungle, love how they said that, related to the NBA draft declaration process. Despite this, we still like Childs as a potential, wait for it, All-American. And good job by CBS Sports to say needlessly had his first nine games taken away. There's no reason for it. I'm sorry. This week's Sunday Night Football includes Daniel Sorensen, our guy, Andy Reid, also our guy, and the Kansas City Chiefs hosting Jamal Williams, also our guy, and the Green Bay Packers. (laughs) They're all our guys. Also on Sunday, our guy Kyle Van Oy and the New England Patriots at home in Foxborough facing our guy Sione Takitaki and the Cleveland Browns. You sound like Stephen A. Smith. My very close personal friend. (laughs) <laughs> 12th ranked BYU women's volleyball tops LMU in Los Angeles last night three sets to one Taylin Ballard Nixon had a career high 11 blocks Kennedy Eschenberg added nine denials the Cougars play at Pepperdine tomorrow 3 Eastern noon Pacific just mentioned a second ago number four women's soccer they're looking to stay undefeated they are hosting San Diego tomorrow night 9 p.m. Eastern 6 p.m. Pacific time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Pro Football Hall of Famer, former NFL MVP, Super Bowl champion, and current ESPN NFL analyst Steve Young joined BYU Sports Nation yesterday. Close personal friend of the program. Mm -hmm, Yes. He wanted to discuss the quarterback quandary in Provo. He literally played couch quarterback yesterday. Told us that on the phone. He said he needed it. Well, we asked Steve amidst that conversation, who would he start at quarterback, Baylor Romney or Jaron Hall? If it was me, I would play Baylor just because we've got some consistency. And the quarterback spot, you know, I grew up in an era with uh, Joe Montana and myself. We were thrown together. Bill Walsh would... You know, he would come in before the game and say, hey, Joe, Steve's going to play a half here. We'd be playing Monday night in Chicago. And, uh, and so I'm not worried about the feelings of the quarterbacks. That's the, there's not a toxic personality there. They'll work it out over time, and it'll all work out. But I think when you've got a guy that's playing okay and leading teams to big victories, Jaron hasn't played much, and so there's not that uh, sense that there's an earned spot. I would, I'd stay with it. And then, but I would tell Jaron, I'd say, look, if he starts slow, he's coming out. You're playing. Steve Young made it clear that he likes Baylor Romney's ability to execute a play, and there is serious value in that. Jason, do his comments about Baylor Romney change your opinion on who should start for BYU at Utah State? I had an opinion before Steve's comments. Hearing Steve and his reaction does not change my opinion. Far be it from me. To disagree with our guy, Steve Young. Love Steve Young. But if Jaron is healthy, he's your starting quarterback. It's just like if Zach Wilson were healthy, Zach Wilson would be the quarterback. There's a depth chart for a reason. The coaches evaluated all of these guys uh, and determined Zach gives BYU the best chance to win. Followed by Jaron, 
than Baylor. Baylor was absolutely fantastic. This is not taking anything away from what Baylor did. I I was super impressed. But Jaron is the quarterback if he is cleared. There's a reason in the coach's mind why he was the backup to Zach Wilson. So if he's healthy... He deserves to be the quarterback. And then if something, if, you know, if things aren't going well, you have, you have options. But going into this game, Jaron has earned the opportunity to be the backup. So if he's healthy, he's your quarterback. This is like a 51% to 49% situation for me. I can understand both sides yes. of it. Yes. If Baylor Romney goes out there and starts at Utah State, I get it. Yep. And I think that BYU has as equally a good of chance of beating Utah State as if Jaron Hall rolls out as the starter, but I am still leaning 51% towards Jaron Hall in spite of what Steve said. Yes, he's the backup. He was the guy in spring ball. I know that we haven't seen a ton of Jaron Hall in actual game footage, but in the limited stuff that we have seen, I feel like he's been up for the moment. I don't think he's been overwhelmed. He was making a road start in his first start at USF, In Tampa, different than at home, rallying the troops against Boise State. There's just a different dynamic about making your first start on the road. And keep in mind, here's the case for Jaron. He was winning at South Florida. Right. He was winning the game when he exited. Winning. Jaron Hall had a double-digit lead. It's not his fault that BYU's defense could not stop the run against USF. That was why BYU lost that game. Okay. I don't think anybody's questioning what we saw against Boise State from an offensive scheme execution. That was a that was that was different than what we had seen. It was there were a lot more wrinkles involved. Everybody everybody loved it. It was great. Could Jaron Hall that's, have executed? That's what that? I'm saying. I want to see Jaron with that type of play calling. I think I think you. I, I'm excited if that's if that's what we continue to see moving forward from an offensive perspective. With Jaron there, too, I'm really excited to see what that would look like. Yes, we are in agreement that we feel Jaron Hall could have executed that outstanding, meticulously prepared game plan. Yes, we we agree on something. Oh, my goodness. High five? High five. All right. Okay. Uh, Topic number two, that was super awkward. Mm -hmm. The Cougars Mm -hmm. have five regular season games remaining. We all know next week at Utah State, then versus Liberty, versus Idaho State, at UMass, and then at San Diego State to wrap up the regular season. It is time to play What's the Chance? I promise. Brought to you by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Yes. What is the chance BYU football runs the table with the five remaining games? 40%, Jason. I'm giving BYU three wins against Liberty, Idaho State, UMass. The Cougars will get bowl eligible by winning those three games. Beating Boise State was the de facto bowl-clinching victory for the Cougars. Agreed. They're going to get to six. Agreed. It comes down to at Utah State and at San Diego State because both of those games are on the road and there is a quarterback situation that is still up in the air. It's hard for me to say, yeah, 100% BYU is going to go on the road and beat a team they've lost three of the last five to and lost back-to-back years to when Jordan Love is still the quarterback at Utah State and despite his numbers having been down this year, 
he's still a very good quarterback. They have weapons. They've got a great defense. Yeah. Utah State's a good team. That's a tough game. I think it's the toughest of the five games remaining for BYU. If the Cougars can win at Maverick Stadium in Logan, then running the table for me goes up to about 90%, Jason, because then confidence is at an all-time high this season. You beat Boise State. You beat Utah State. You win two rivalry games under Kalani Satake. You sweep the next three, and then it comes down to one game at San Diego State. And I like BYU's chances in that game if they beat the Aggies. Now, if BYU loses to Utah State, then I still think they have a good chance to go and get some momentum by winning the next three and then beating San Diego State. But running the table, 40%, and it largely hinges on what happens in Logan. I could not agree with you more in terms of this all hinges on Utah State. And I, I, I cringe that we live in a world where the Utah State game is not a given that BYU is going to win. Well, that's a credit to the program in Logan. It, it is, it is. But BYU should always beat Utah State, always. I will, I will <laughs> never back down on that. I, I will not back down on that take. BYU should never lose to Utah State, ever. Yet they have. That's where we are. Three of the last five. They've lost two in a row, and it hinges. I'm saying 65%. I'm saying 60, but it, 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 it hinges on the win, getting a win in Logan. BYU, at worst, is going to go three and two. They're going to get the three wins mm-hmm. against the teams we know they're going to beat. They're going to be bowl eligible. What's probably more realistic than running the table is four and one. Now, whether or not that's losing to Utah State and then running the table or somehow you beat Utah State and San Diego State is much improved than what we probably expected. So I think realistically, it's probably 4-1. and one, yes. But I say 65% chance that you go up. BYU is going into that game with a lot more confidence than we probably thought they would at this point. And they've got a bye week going into Usually Utah State in recent years has had the bye week coming into that game. Now BYU has it. Utah State has to face the Air Force. It's a little bit different circumstances. Now Utah State has the advantage in terms of the confidence and the kind of on a streak. But I, 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 I feel much better about BYU's chances going into this game now mm. than, say, I did 10 days ago. Well, on the bye weekend, Utah State's coming off playing Air Force. That's what I'm so. saying. So, woo. Cut blocks for days. On to topic three as we move from football to basketball. CBS Sports, as we just reported, released their list of the top 101 collegiate basketball players. Yoli Childs in at number 18 on that list. And just above him, literally one spot, Gonzaga's Killian Tilly, who was a guy that considered going to the NBA but has worked through some injuries, and now he's back at Gonzaga, and apparently they're beating up on Michigan State in closed <laughs> scrimmages. So, holy cow. Jason, with Killian Tilly at 17, Yoli Childs at 18, do you still think Yoli Childs is the best overall player in the West Coast Conference? He certainly can be. And here's the other thing. I'm really glad that he gets the entire conference schedule to prove that. That the, the needless suspension that he has to sit out the first nine games is not going to impact conference play. He'll still have a couple of games in non-conference before WCC play begins. So I love the fact that he's going to have the entire WCC schedule to be able to prove whether or not he is the best. This is, this is the way I look at it. Certainly, Yoli, Killian, Tilly, those are the two. I think there's three people you can probably put in the mix. Jordan Ford, I think, is the other one from St. Mary's. I think those are the three that are probably vying for that distinction of best player in the conference. All three are going to be the primary guy. Here's the thing with Tilly. 
He's coming off. He's coming off multiple surgeries. Missed half of the year last year. Had another surgery in the off season. So this is a guy. If he can get back to full strength and get back, he's obviously really, really good. If he's not, that certainly increases Yoli's chances of being the player of the year. If and here's the other part: if Yoli can be the defensive player that he's talked about, that that's one of the aspect of his game that he wants to improve the most. If he can add the defensive numbers to what he already does offensively and how important he is to BYU, I think he's got a pretty good chance. Right now it's Killian Tilly because we're assuming full health. And that's taking nothing away from the player that Yoli Childs is or Jordan Ford for that matter. There are some outstanding individual players in the West Coast Conference. But come on, let's be real to the situation. The NBA scouts see it. They made it clear. Killian Tilly is a guy that they expect to play at the next level, right. at the highest level. Here's the thing that he has on Yoli Childs. His outside range is more developed than Yoli Childs. Killian Tilly is a dead-eye shooter from the three-point line at 6'10". Yes, the 6'10 Frenchman has outstanding touch from the outside. He's got a more developed outside game. So it'll be interesting to see how that game compares from Yoli Childs when Yoli is able to finally get on the floor and we see him against the University of Utah. But right now, because Tilly has that NBA range, then he's the better NBA prospect. Does that mean he's a better collegiate basketball player? I, I still think so at this point, but to your to what you were saying, the health of Tilly is the concern. If he's not fully recovered and his foot's still bothering him, then it's Yoli Childs. It's Yoli. And I, I'm putting this out there maybe to put a chip on Yoli's shoulder. Like being being second best at killing Tilly is is not disrespectful. Like Tilly is a legit NBA guy. I think he's the best right now, assuming full health because he's got the range. Yeah, I I, I don't disagree with you. I, I but I like the fact that Yoli is going into this season with a chip on his shoulder. He you don't need to give him a chip on the shoulder. He already has that based off of what happened in the offseason and coming back in and working on it. And like I said, I love his determination to work on the defensive end. We know how good this guy is on the offensive end. Yeah, Tilly's a great passer too, but if Yoli Childs can do what he said he wanted to do last year and be the West Coast Conference Defensive yeah. Player of the Year, then he probably is the best player in the West Coast Conference to complement his really, really polished offensive skill set. Whether you have the best or the second best, and it's usually, and it's probably like a one and a one A, you know your team's going to be pretty good regardless. Yeah, the key for Childs to be the best defense. Yep. On to our question of the day as we move back into the football realm. What's the chance BYU football runs the table and why? This is Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Dan Haslam, first response in on Twitter. If BYU can beat Utah State, then the Cougars have a great chance. If they can win out until the San Diego State game, then there will be a lot of momentum behind this team. Yes, that would be five straight wins. Boise State, Utah State, then the three going into San Diego State. That that would salvage the season. Yes. And also be a head-scratcher as to what happened with Toledo Why? and South How? Florida. What? Just, it doesn't make sense. I know. Coming up, Jimmer puts up some big numbers in a Panathinaikos win. Hey, Baylor Rami knows exactly how it feels to beat a ranked Boise State team as a freshman. 
Uh, and so does our next guest, Tanner Mangum. Who would he start at quarterback for BYU against the Aggies? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's back after the bye week. BYU football with Kalani Satake airs Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 5.30 p.m. Pacific on the BYU TV app as Coach Satake discusses the win over Boise State and then previews the matchup in Logan against Utah State. Don't forget you can reserve your seat on BYUcougars.com slash Satake Show. We are live on BYU TV and BYU Radio in Radio Vision with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play alongside Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton. It's a Friday. This is is how we do it, and we're about to make things better and bring in on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline former BYU quarterback, a man who helped the Cougars beat Nebraska, Boise State, Arizona, and number six Wisconsin, among others. Tanner Mangum is with us. Tanner, welcome back to the show. How are you? Oh, man, it's good to be back. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. And we want to get caught up with what's going on in your life. So tell us, what's the latest and greatest in the life of Tanner Mangum? The the life of a of a has been uh, right, right now working uh, working in marketing for Pluralsight. It's a great tech company based out of uh, Farmington with offices in South Jordan, and so I'm living in Salt Lake doing marketing. And then I'm still uh, you know pretty active in the mental health uh, activism world, doing some speaking engagements, going around to different events and conferences, uh, and doing that, which has been good. And then. And then enjoying married life and being a dad. It's it's been a it's been a fun adventure and just uh, enjoying the next steps of life. You know, Tanner, I mean everybody that plays college sports goes through this at some point. When football or sports in general is is just all encompassing and it's everything you do, how have you handled not having that be as big a part of your life as it used to be? How how, how difficult or how much of a transition has that been for you? Uh, it, it's been tough, it's, you know, because it's, it's a dream that you have since you're a kid, and you put in all this work and all this time, and then unfortunately, NFL didn't work out. I got a couple tryout invites, but didn't make it, and then the XFL went to the tryout, did well, but then didn't get drafted on the XFL draft, and and so you know, it's it's disappointing. It's when you, when you have those those, uh, those those disappointments, but at the same time, I just try to keep perspective, and I try to remember that I, there's a lot more to me than just football. There's a lot of uh, things to offer and things to look forward to, different ventures that that I can get involved in, and uh, I just try to remember, uh, you know, what's what's to, to stay active in, in other things and, and to not solely be defined by the sport that I do love and I have a passion for, but I just try to keep myself uh, busy and focused on, uh, on other good things. Now, without question, you are a student of the game. We know that you love football. So how do you plan to stay involved moving forward? Yeah, well, it's a great question. I'm looking forward to November 9th. going to be work, uh, you know, working as a little guest analyst with you guys uh, for the Liberty game. And then I've been doing some radio spots uh, on 1280 and then ESPN 960, doing some co-hosting there. And, uh, yeah, just providing some analysis, some uh, some insights and uh, some knowledge. And, and then, uh, you know, who knows? We'll see what happens in the, in the future. But uh, for now, I'm, I'm enjoying, you know, just uh, trying to provide some some of the, the institutional knowledge that I gained while, while uh, you know, just, just playing football my whole life and, and then all the – 
all the time that you spend playing football at a, at a, at a university, in a way, it's kind of like a double major. You major in football in a way. And so it's been good being able to impart some of that knowledge to, uh, to the general public. Well, we're excited to have you put on the analyst hat. In fact, let's do that right now on a Friday and evaluate some quarterback play right now at BYU. Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney both seemingly will be healthy for the Utah State game. Of course, Romney quarterbacked BYU to a win over then number 14 Boise State and really shocked all of BYU Sports Nation and basically the entire nation with how the Cougars played following that USF loss. So how would you evaluate, first of all, the play of Baylor Romney in his first and at this point only start at BYU? Well, man, I, I give him an absolute A. Uh, I think he passes with flying colors. I, I, I was pretty vocal about it on Twitter. Uh, I, I just think that it was really impressive the way he handled that situation. To, to come in in your first start, he hasn't played a game since high school. And I saw him last year, too, so I have a unique perspective into his progression. Being the fifth string last year, works his way up to third string. And then in this game, in a, in a cold, wet, rainy environment against a, a pretty tough team, goes in and, and, and handles his own. And, and he, you know, two, two touchdowns, no turnovers, managed to do well, wasn't flustered, looked calm and collected. And uh, I was really proud of him. Really cool to see his progress, see his growth, and to see him handle that situation. And uh, that was great to see. And, I, and, and, it, and it, it was a win that the BYU team desperately needed. And so, you know, couldn't be happier for him and, uh, and, and his work that he put in and uh, seeing it pay off for him was great to see. Tanner, I agree with you 100%. I was so impressed with what I saw out of, out of Baylor, not just in that game, but even against South Florida when he, when he had to come in when Jaron went down originally. He, it, the moment didn't look like it was too big for him. And, and obviously, BYU didn't win that game, but I, I walked away impressed and then certainly impressed with what happened against Boise State. But now it's the big question here, Tanner. So with both quarterbacks healthy, heading, presumably heading into Utah State, who do you think should start a quarterback against the Aggies? So this this is the the million dollar question, right? Right. And it's tough. And and me of all people, I understand quarterback battles and quarterback uh, controversies, if you will. And I've been involved in them. I was involved in them throughout my whole career. And it's a part of the game. It's an unfortunate part of the game that only one quarterback can play because oftentimes a team has two, three uh, very capable quarterbacks. And in this case, uh, it's it's. You know the battle of the backups between Jaron and Baylor, who have both shown that they're capable. And so, given everything I just said about Baylor, I feel bad because even though he played so well, I truly feel that everything he did it wasn't anything that Jaron couldn't have done himself. And Jaron, in his performances this year, has shown that he can play, and he can make plays. I think the USF game he showed what he can do with his feet, with his athleticism, and his decision making. And, and he had some great throws as well. That, 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 that long touchdown to Dax was great. And, uh, and so he's, he's capable. He's a great player. And there's a reason he's been in the backup. There's a reason the coaches like him and trust him. And so I think if he's healthy, you've got you to let him roll. And, and so I think I can see both sides. I can truly I can see Baylor starting. I can understand their decision if they want to keep the momentum going from the Boise State game. And there's a lot of things that we don't know as well. We, we don't see how they're performing in practice. We don't see you know, how Jaron is recovering from his concussion. But if all things being equal, if both are healthy, uh, I like Jaron. I like 
giving him that that opportunity to keep rolling, to keep uh, to keep that. Um, uh, I guess you know, build build off, build off of the the body of work that he's already put together, and and furthermore, I think if you really kind of make it a a fifty fifty type thing, it can affect it can affect the uh, the, the confidence of either one. If you say, hey, we're going to give you these reps, but then we're going to pull you and put in Baylor. If, you know, if we're going to if we're going to share, that's tough. I think you got to pick one and go with it. And so, I, if, 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 if it's me. I'm going with Jaron, but it, it, but if they go with Baylor, I can understand that. And luckily, both of them have shown that they're very capable. Tanner Mangum with us on BYU Sports Nation, former BYU quarterback, talking about the current BYU quarterback situation as the Cougars prepare for Utah State, obviously on a bye week currently. Tanner, let's say that Jaron does get the start. What would you tell Baylor to help him keep perspective amidst this now out-of-the-blue quarterback battle? Well, I think it's it's the same thing you tell any backup quarterback. You tell them to prepare and to get ready and to prepare as if you're going to be the starter. Now, I've been in that situation a lot of the times. When, uh, in, you know, first of all, in 2015, when, when Taysom started, and, and then the, the very first game I had to step in. And then 2016, Taysom's back to being the starter, and I'm, and I'm kind of waiting in the wings the whole season, and then I come in against uh, you know Utah State and play in the bowl game. So you just never know when your number is going to be called. And you have to be prepared at all times. And Baylor's a, he's a solid guy. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He's got good perspective, good maturity. And, and he's not if, – if they do go with Jaron, he's going to stay ready. He's going to stay, stay poised, and he'll be ready to go if, if, if called upon. Um, but a big thing that I really want to call out is, is the play calling against Boise State was really great. It was aggressive. It was a little more attacking. It was unique. The, the, the trick plays. It was. It, it kept Boise State on their toes, and it was. It was great to see. And so I hope they can combine that type of play calling against Boise State, but also allowing Jaron to give him opportunities to run and to create plays and, and to to make make things happen with his feet. And I, and, and so I, again, I think that combination, the play calling that 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 Baylor had at his disposal, combined with Jaron's athleticism, would be a, a great combination. That uh, that could really give BYU a lot of success. Tanner, real fast before we let you go, we were talking earlier in the show about with BYU having five regular season games remaining, the chances that BYU could run the table. What do you expect from BYU over the last five regular season games? Well, like I said, the the, the win against Boise State was was a win they desperately needed, and I think it's going to give them a lot of momentum, a lot of confidence. But that being said, Utah State is a tough opponent. They've really turned the program around these last few years, and the the last two seasons have really taken it to BYU. And so this is a big game in Logan. Uh, but I expect them to play with a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, and, uh, and a lot of passion. And I, and I think, the uh, obviously, the Utah State and San Diego State games will provide some tough challenges. And hopefully those UMass, Idaho State, uh, Liberty games, uh, we'd, like, we'd like to think that those are, those are uh, uh, you know, some, some, some winnable, very winnable games. And so, luckily, that that gets them into a bowl game, and I, and I know that's what they're playing for. They're playing uh, to finish strong, to get to a bowl game, to uh, to to build that momentum, and then to to to, to win out. And uh, it's, it's going to be a challenge, but I, it, it's doable if if they play with the uh, the right amount of intensity, the right amount of passion, and of course execution. It's it's doable. It's, it's it'll be a tough challenge, but I think it's possible. Tanner, great to talk with you on BYU Sports Nation. Look forward to you hanging out with us on Countdown to Kickoff during the Liberty game and uh, whatever else the future holds, man. Thanks. 
Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You got it. Tanner Mangum on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why. We show how. Coming up, fresh off a 2-0 win on the road at Portland. BYU Women's Soccer's Elise Flake will join us. And, of course, Jason Shepard is on the desk. On the day that BYU baseball is in a critical preseason rivalry matchup. They're all critical. This is BYU Sports Nation. If you can't if you can't watch or listen to BYU Sports Nation live at noon Eastern, you don't have to worry about it. Download the podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, or Google Play, and enjoy On Demand. Also, while you're there, subscribe, rate, and review BYU Sports Nation wherever you get your podcast. Teamed up with Jason Shepard, I'm Spencer Linton. We are live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Jason, you know what they say. When a problem comes along, you must whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Basketball. Do we have that flag on the, in the desk anymore? Because I would throw it right now. Really? I would. You of all people doesn't love Devo? That's eh, a little weird. CBS Sports ranks BYU basketball senior Yoli Childs at number 18 in their top 101 college basketball players for the upcoming season. Cougars in the NFL. This week's Sunday Night Football spotlight includes Daniel Sorensen, Andy Reid, and Jason Shepard's Kansas City Chiefs hosting Jamal Williams and the Green Bay Packers. Also on Sunday, Kyle Van Noy and the undefeated New England Patriots back home in Foxborough facing Sione Takitaki and the Cleveland Browns. Not to be forgotten, Fred Warner and the 49ers. Undefeated. That's right. We'll play against the Carolina Panthers. Ziggy Ansah and the Seattle Seahawks travel to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. And Michael Davis and the L.A. Chargers will face the Bears. Taysom Hill and the Saints will take on the Arizona Cardinals. Volleyball. 12th ranked BYU women's volleyball tops LMU at Gersten Pavilion in Los Angeles last night. Three sets to one. The Cougars rest today. Play at Pepperdine in Malibu tomorrow afternoon, 3 Eastern, noon Pacific. Soccer. Number four women's soccer looking to stay undefeated as they host San Diego tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Pacific. You can check it out on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Cougars in Pro Hoops. Brandon Davies scored 14 points, grabbed six rebounds in 24 minutes of play for Barcelona in a win over Servina Cervezda. Jimmer! Did I say that right? As long as you say it fast and confident, nobody cares. Servina Cervezda. I like it. Okay. Jimmer had a game-high 22 points with 50% shooting from the field and a perfect 6-for-6 six six from the free-throw line in a Panathinaikos win last night. Baseball. Are you paying attention, Jason? I'm already paying attention. BYU baseball faces off against rival Utah today at Miller Park preseason game. Free admission, 5.30 Eastern, 2.30 Pacific. And Jason will check you out of school early if you'd like to join him and his son, Bo. I was going to say, just check your kids out of school. It's fine. It's free. (laughs) What elite parenting. (laughs) Coming up, a moving story about BYU defensive lineman Kyrus Tonga is coming up in deep blue. And she leads her team with 14 goals this season, which is more than several other entire programs. Dominating. (laughs) Elise Flake joins us. Wave with the camera, Elise. This is BYU Sports News. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I'm looking forward to this one. Number four and still undefeated, BYU Women's Soccer hosting the San Diego Toreros tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. You can check it out on BYU TV, on BYU Radio, and the BYU TV app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with one of my favorite stats of the day ever. 
It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Our next guest, Elise Flake of BYU Women's Soccer, has scored more goals, 14, by her lonesome than 67 teams in Division I soccer. That is what we call domination. Elise, welcome to Studio B. Again, with uh, quite the stat of the day. How do you you feel about that, outscoring by yourself 67 teams? Kind of a cool stat. (laughs) Uh, yes. Yeah, very, that's downplaying it. You know, it's also cool. Black eye. Like, it's like you battle. You've got battles. You want to explain what happened? Yeah, we were playing Portland the other day, and I kind of got taken out by one of the girls. She just, like, headed my face. So, okay. went down and had to come out, but got a cool scar from it. People so. don't understand how physical and how brutal soccer can be. <laughs> like, unless you've played it at a high level. Like, it, it is a very physical sport. Okay, so in the moment, you got to play on. What's going through your mind when your face is numb? <laughs> It was actually stop the play. I was on the ground for a few seconds, but um, being like sent a long ball, and so I like turned to go get it, and then the girl was there instead. So well, they look awesome. It just looks like <laughs> eye black mostly. So, <laughs> so all right, let's let's take this a little bit uh, a little bit deeper. So your career high in goals is fourteen. You did that last year. Now you have fourteen already this year. Why do you think you've had so much success scoring so far this season? I think the biggest thing is just our team has been dominant in every game, and so it makes it a lot easier for me. I'm getting the ball more, uh, more opportunities, and so I think it's just a team effort of keeping the ball, and we have a uh, majority of the possession most games, and so that's been super helpful. There was this point a couple of seasons ago when BYU was really struggling to score goals, and the team was looking for that goal scorer, and then something clicked, and you became that person. What, what changed to help you kind of go to that level of, okay, I'm, I'm the goal scorer? Yeah, I think just comes with confidence. And once I started scoring a few more goals, I kind of gained that confidence. And so that's been super helpful the last couple of years. Um, also, one thing that's cool about our team this year is we have tons of goal scorers. It's not just me who has lots of goals. Like other people, Kayla and others, I mean, we have 14 goal scorers, which is pretty crazy already this season. And so that's been a huge part of it. Not just me, but everyone's scoring more goals. Well, so. and you and I have actually talked about this. I think that's one of the things that's most impressive about this team. It does not matter if it's somebody in the starting 11, if it's somebody that comes off the bench, plays three or four minutes. Everybody's walking in very confident and with the ability to score. The, the level of play does not drop with a substitution. Yeah, for sure. That's been huge this year. Elise Flake of BYU Women's Soccer with us on BYU Sports Nation. You've got that number four ranking in front of your team. How much uh, attention do you give to that ranking compared to something like RPI and positioning for the NCAA tournament? Yeah, we try not to think about rankings too much. Um, it is super cool, though. Like We're grateful for um, the opportunities we've had and th- that we're there right now. Um, and Jen um, has us like stop and think and appreciate what we've done and what we've accomplished. And so that's big. But we also don't think about the rankings a ton. Like we just take it game by game, and we know that we need to get better every game in preparation for the tournament. So you know, we've talked uh, about the things that kind of impresses us about watching this team. What impresses you most about your team? I think the coolest stat that we've had this year is that we have 11 shutouts and only six goals against. I think that is one of the coolest things that our defense has just been incredible. So. You have the nickname Flake and Bake, which is brought up often by <laughs> Carla Swenson Haslam, who calls games with myself and, and Jerem on BYU TV. What do you think of Flake and Bake as your nickname? <laughs> I think it's funny. Carla actually started that my freshman year. I remember one time we were playing at Gonzaga, and it was a fun game. And I didn't get a ton of time freshman year, but um, Carla was like my biggest fan. She was super awesome. Um, she like slipped a note into my coat pocket before I went in. She's like, Flake and Bake, go show them what's up or something. And so that was like the first time that I had really heard about it. But then she's been saying, ever since so i think it's fun but <laughs> so now you 
obviously have many more games, and we're hoping a lot of games left in this season. But as a senior, have you sort of maybe taken note more of, of what's going on? Have you appreciated things a little bit more this year as a senior? Yeah, for sure. I've had a lot of time to reflect the last few games as it's kind of, as regular season's coming to an end, it's kind of crazy that I've, I'm almost done, you know? Um, but I think the biggest thing for me is just ending on a high note, taking my team as far as we can go and just kind of enjoying every moment that we have this season. So now We could spend the next hour talking about how incredible BYU women's soccer has been, <laughs> and, and then some, but, I mean, just take it from us. Like, it's very impressive, really fun to watch. Congratulations on your success thus far. And let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma to uh, keep it rolling. I know that this soccer team believes in the karma. We do. I mean, yes, some weird things have happened. <laughs> But maybe they're not so weird. So Did she sign our new flag? Have you, have you signed the new That's flag? The new one? Okay, okay we've got to get you to sign the new one. Let's get Elise to sign the new flag on her way out. Great to talk to you. Elise, thanks for coming in. Thanks. Elise. Thanks for having me. You got it. 14 right. goals. Yeah. More than 67 teams. <laughs> such a great stat. Coming up, a great collaboration from all the sports teams in the state of Utah. It's coming up. And we go deep blue with BYU football nose tackle. Kyrus Tonga, his incredible journey to Pro Bowl, Utah. You don't want to miss it. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. A reminder, subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you decide to get your podcast. The show is always available anytime on demand via BYU TV and BYU radio apps. BYU junior nose tackle Kyrus Tonga is an NFL prospect, and rightly so. He is a machine, a force, a force to be reckoned with on the field. But his journey to BYU, Jason, has been anything but smooth. Listen and watch this backstory about finding family and focus in this week's Deep Blue segment presented by Tim Daly Nissan. Kyrus has been fun to coach. He's, a, he's an awesome young man, really made strides in this last year as a vocal leader, which, you know, if you had known Kyrus before, you couldn't get two words out of him. In high school, uh, my mom, it was hard for her. There's times where she would be in a shelter and uh, we couldn't we couldn't be there, so there's times where I was just I was going back and forth, like looking for a place to stay. Like every night, I didn't know where I was gonna go after school. My dad was never really in the picture. It was it was hard. It was a it was a rough time. And then um, my senior year, he was adopted by another family, and this is one of his best friends' family that took took him in. My mom, she basically asked him if they can take care of me. And that she, she can't, like, uh, help me anymore. Uh, so that was hard for me. I, I just felt like uh, someone was giving up on me. She was gone from there. Going into my senior year, um, I got into some trouble. I couldn't play football. I couldn't be around anyone. Um, I was on, on house arrest. I felt like everything was just getting taken away from me. I, I learned quickly um, that blessings and disguises. I got into the church. My family helped me, like, started teaching me how to pray, started teaching me how to read the scriptures. he gone through a lot at a young age, and so the fact that he was able to embrace such a wonderful family, for the Tonga family to, to love him, and it was to show how much just loving someone and caring for someone can really change their entire life. He's a living proof of that. graduated that senior year and I was getting ready to go to Utah 
and my, my pops, the, the guy that I'm with now, and we were driving, and uh, I just told my dad, like, that I think I want to serve a mission. And he just, like, stopped the car, and he's like, you want to what? I was like, I want to serve a mission. I, I didn't know what was what I was going to get myself into, but it was just something I just felt like I needed to do. That was something my wife and I always wanted him to do, was go on a mission. But at the same time, we didn't want to pressure him or force him. So I said to him, I says, well, why do you want to go on a mission? And I'll never forget what he says. He says, you know, God's watched me all my life. And the least I can do is give back two years. And right then I knew it was sincere because all he wanted to do in his life was to play football. But now we understand that there's something more important than football. I left as soon as I got clear with my bishop, and uh, and I went. And without the mission, I don't know where I would be. Um, I don't know if I'd be at Utah or get into trouble. But I'm here at BYU, and it's it's been it's been good for me. And the Cougars bring pressure. In trouble and sacked is Tonga. The expression of gratitude is is him. He is so thankful for everything and, and can't, can't express enough how much he shows his gratitude and how grateful he is to everyone when he could easily uh, complain and quit a long time ago. Slovis to the air, gets hit, and taken down for a sack by Tonga. Having Kairos as a brother um, fills in the missing puzzle piece that we never knew we had. Even though I love Utah, um, I am a Kairos Tonga fan. That is the only player I will ever cheer for. I think he just knows that we love the youth so much, so he's kind of used to it. We joke around and say um, he's a chimpo, if you guys know Mulan. The big, the biggest guy in the whole movie, but he's the most graceful, the most loving. Looking at the pictures, like our family pictures of Kairos not in it, it's kind of weird. We don't like looking at it because we always know that someone's missing. And so we don't really frame those pictures up because it's just, it's not our family. You know, there are people that God put in your path for a reason. When he used to talk about his struggles, I would think to myself, where was I? Where was I when all of this happened? He would just look at me. He would say, Mom, it's okay. Because in a way, I, I knew if I had him earlier, he would not go through those struggles. Because I'm very protective over my children. And I love him as if he was naturally ours. So my heroes are, are my mom and my dad. They mean everything to me. Um, everything I am, everything I will be is because my parents. It's been a little crazy, but I wouldn't change anything, so. What a story. Kairos Tonga. And just to give you an idea of what kind of a young man he is, um, when I was going through a personal loss at Toledo, in the midst of the game at halftime, he came up to me. And gave me a hug and said, Spencer, I'm sorry for your loss. And I just thought, who does that in the middle of a game? I mean, he's, he's that type of guy. Yeah, and this is something that we talked about on when we did the Fan Fest in Nashville. 
but I will forever remember Kairos with all of his teammates that were at that fan fest signing autographs. It was hot. It was in the 90s, humid in May, and he got up. He noticed there was a there was a woman that was walking around, and he got up, went and got a, a bottle of water and took it to her, gave her a hug and said, here, do you need this? I will never forget that, the way that he thought of her and that she was probably hot and thirsty at the yeah. time and got up, got her a bottle of water and walked over. Didn't have to, but I will never forget that. What a stud. What a stud. I'm all about the feel-good Fridays, Jason. Absolutely. We're going to keep it rolling uh, along the lines of Kyra's Tonga into today's Rise and Shoutout, a combined effort. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rise and Shoutout's going to the Utah Jazz, who in collaboration with BYU, Utah, Utah State, Weber State, Real Salt Lake, and the Salt Lake Bees unveiled their uh, Lead Together initiative. Essentially, everybody involved in all those schools are speaking out on fan behavior. And if you see something, say something. Improve the atmosphere at games so people feel uh, safe when they go to a sporting event. If you have not seen this, all of those entities have been tweeting them out on social media. It's about a minute video. Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Kalani. Mike Trout. Mike Trout is in it. It's fantastic if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Say no to racism. Yeah. Say no to hate. It just it's it's a fantastic collective effort that's put out, and again, it's it it formulates from the Utah Jazz, but this is a nationwide movement. They're not alone in this. Uh, love to see them carrying the flag that way. Yeah, great job by everybody involved. Our question of the day: What's the chance BYU football runs the table, and why? At Kent underscore in underscore Utah says sixteen point four percent for the regular season. That according to ESPN's Football Power Index, they have BYU at six point seven wins now. So the most likely record is seven and five. The elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Austin Davis. He says, if BYU can beat Utah State, I'd say 80% chance the Cougars run the table, but it comes down to the game up in Logan. I agree, Austin. Yep. After beating Boise State, I'm much more optimistic than before. That's exactly what I said. I, I think everybody feels a little more optimistic after what we saw against Boise State. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use the hashtag BYUSN. Yes, our thanks to today's guests, former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum and one of the leading goal scorers in the country, Lise Flake. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout-out to Manasse Tonga. We'll see you Monday on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs. Hey, go check your kid out of school, man. I think I will.